0: Hello, everybody. In this episode, we have our very first interview. So to explain who it is that we brought in, I'm part of a Facebook group called Majora's Mask Core, where the admin posts his own original memes about the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask Listeners of the podcast will know that Majora's Mask is my favorite game of all time, as it should be. And I figured, why not reach out to him and see if he'll sit down and have a conversation with Joe and I. So our guest is the admin of the Majora's Mask Core Facebook meme page. I'll include a link to the meme page in the description of the episode below. And basically, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, you know, stuff about Legend of Zelda, stuff about making memes and tangents happen a plenty. This ends up being a little bit of a long one, but we did cut it down significantly. We'll see how it sounds at the end of the day. Without further ado, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Unto the Breach, a podcast about movies, games, and beyond. I am your host for this episode, Adam, and with me as always, is my co-host Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hi. And joining us, our very first special guest, the admin of the one and only Majora's Mass Core Facebook meme YouTube or Facebook meme group. Say hi, Majora. Hello there.
1: Well, what's the technical term for that kind of Facebook group, anyway?
2: It's a core page. Um, core pages are essentially. Um, a community of people who make memes based around very specific things. Um, mm-hmm. They're more common, like, in the Star Wars fandom. I mean, you can find millions of Star Wars cores. Um, the big ones that I can think of right now are, like, um, Trandoshan Core, and you've got uh, Pazvila's Core. That's one of my friends runs that. But you find a lot of core pages with Star Wars names. I mean, and they get to the point where they're very weirdly obscure. There's, like, one caretaker with a broom in... Uh, <laughs> Force Awakens core. Then there's like the one Stormtrooper <laughs> oh who gosh. fell down a hole core. And then there's like um, Lando's uh, cape core. And then there's like Han's old glove core. It's just a whole bunch of them.
0: Dude, and I like, love that so much. That's fantastic. That is and amazing. I actually
2: wasn't the first Zelda core either. There were a few before me, but I think I just got lucky with how the time that I came out with my page and like how many people attached to it so quickly
0: there's actually a few
2: Zelda cores that I think deserve a lot more attention than they got. And unfortunately, they just kind of gave up because they weren't really getting any. So, I mean, I understand it's very disheartening. I've actually started uh, three or four core pages in the whole time I've been on, you know, the the core scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The first one was uh, Ero uh, Elevator Core, which is a Star um, a Lord of the Rings meme page that I started. Um, nice, good and man. And I got to about, yeah, that's, that got to about like 500 likes and... Eventually, I just kind of ran out of juice of Silmarillion memes to make, and like yeah. you can only reference Sil- the Silmarillion so many times until it just starts getting old. Wow, that is the first time I've ever heard that about the Silmarillion. <laughs> yeah, it's well,
1: isn't that why the Hobbit movies failed? Just because you can only meme it so much.
2: Yeah, the how you even
1: ran out of Silmarillion
0: Cimar- stuff. Like the man.
2: Silmarillion's it's a it's a hard read. It's essentially like trying to read the Bible, uh, and mm-hmm. that's very much what it is. It's it's like the Bible of the the Tolkien universe, and that
0: it is. That it's it a is. it's
2: a great book, but I definitely can understand why some people say it's it's a bit of a slog to get through.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. So you so you did your round of kind of getting some core groups, and then Majora's Mass Corps is the one that really like caught on.
2: Yeah, that's the one that's been my main group. I mean, I started Aero Levasa Corps, and then I started Vesemir Corps for, like, the Witcher groups that I was in. And then I Mm -hmm. started um, a Berserk page for a little while that I was an admin of. And then I just kind of, you know, I mean, all the the jokes you can make about Berserk are usually a little grim and dark. And about subject matter, I don't really like joking about. So that became Mm -hmm. kind of like a, well, I feel like I'm running out of things to make jokes about because I don't want to, like, go against my own moral compass to make these jokes. Fair enough. And uh then I was doing um Solid Snake core for a while and that kind of got old because um even though it's hard Does for it me to old? It, Well, it got old because it's it's hard for me to even say it but like, you know, the Metal Gear Solid series it's done. It ended on a low yeah. note. So I mean, yeah. there's not much yeah. I can really do to revitalize the fandom for a series that ended, you know, 5 years ago. Yeah, RIP. Good point. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. gosh. I mean,
2: Konami's really Dug what they can oh, out of that grave, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Did you see that? Uh, what's it called? That PT won't even transfer over to PlayStation Five. Yeah. If you had it,
2: that's messed oh. up. I mean, I'd have never downloaded it, and I really wish I would have because I I did have it on uh my original PS4 for a while,
0: mm-hmm. and I ended up
2: deleting it to make space because the PS4, you know,
0: it's yeah, like a it jealous
2: girlfriend. It doesn't let you have more than one friend <laughs> yeah. at a time. That, you got to delete so every true. game to play. So yeah. yeah, I ended up deleting it for space, and then uh turned out I couldn't re-download it. And I got weird about that, because I had the the Biohazard, or the Resident Evil 7 um, uh, demo on there, and I was scared to delete that for the same reason. Well, you see, uh, Capcom
0: actually likes their games, so they'll yeah. keep that around. Except for Amaguchi, or whatever those games were called. Amaguchi? You mean, um, oh gosh, you're probably talking about the one with the wolf, I'm blanking. There, no, that was them. Okami? I think so. Yeah, probably.
1: It was a franchise. They had four of them, and the fourth one didn't sell, and then they stopped ever since, and then they made some remaster of the first one.
0: I just oh, remember a lot of
1: fans being upset that they never oh, mentioned it again.
0: I think that's like the, the Samurai one that was like a PS2 launch title. Um, Which
2: one? It's the Way of the Samurai 1 and 2? No, it's like Oni... Onimushi. Oh, Oni yeah, Onimusha. Onimusha?
1: Yeah, Oni Onim- yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wait, that's wasn't that was a, a Muso game? No I, wasn't. I uh, uh, so. I guess, no, I don't think so. No, I thought
0: it was. I, it just comes to mind when I think of Capcom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine we'll have a more than enough chance to talk about Musho games in a minute. So uh, we'll table <laughs> yeah. that for a hot second. hot second. So, uh, Majora, I guess uh, I guess, let me tell you my experience of coming across your page. Because I remember uh, like one of the miscellaneous Legend of Zelda meme groups that I was a part of shared your page. Like, yeah. I think probably within a week of it existing, because you're probably friends with the admins or something like that.
2: It could have been because I posted it there. Uh, I was definitely uh, not very good about the whole no self advertisement thing. I think a lot of people. I mean, core pages Facebook ain't like Reddit, too. dude. Facebook yeah. and, Reddit.
0: and even then, let's be honest, people will just make a shell account to <laughs> to post their shit and then they'll leave right. it alone.
2: No, I actually got into a point with those Zelda groups where I only very rarely post stuff there. And, and it wasn't because they told me not to, but I could definitely tell that I was kind of flooding the news feed with all the stuff. Because I was making like three or four memes every couple hours. Because when you first start a page, you have all these ideas and you make them all right away. And you kind of like blow your load a little early with them. And then you have to go back and start well, what are, what are things I haven't made jokes about? What are things I haven't made memes about? Now I have to slow it down, release it a little slower. But in the beginning, I was kind of flooding both of those groups, Ocarina Posting and Sheik Posting, uh, respectively. And I was, I think I was definitely going a little overboard with sharing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And talking to both the admins, they're both great people and they both run very fantastic groups, I kind of agreed that I was no longer going to share the core pages stuff to their groups because it was making it seem like I'm the only person that's allowed to make stuff and everybody else's stuff is getting denied and getting said no to, but my stuff is magically coming through every time because I had post approval on. Right, so now I, gotcha. I strictly keep it either to my page or to like the, the more normie groups. So basically um, Facebook does this thing where if your page reaches a milestone, anything like a hundred or, you know, you get to 4,800, 4,700, like for instance, I just got to 4,800 on there. And Congrats. Every, oh, thank you but every time you hit a milestone it'll essentially revoke your reach so it considers your page as possibly being spam so it <sighs> sort of what we would call shadow bans you where you you can post something but only like a few people are going to see it and wow. your your essential reach has been cut from you know, I've got 4,000 people that see it to now I get like maybe 110 people who will organically see it, and they do that to strong arm you into paying for post boost. I, I was gonna say, which I like refuse to do. Yeah, understandable, I have, man. I have
1: a few pages that I help manage for work, yeah. and it's always saying, like, boost this page. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And I don't feel like I want to do that.
2: It's just pay to win, but in the real life for a meme yeah. page or for anything.
0: Well, isn't pay to win just real life in real life, though? Yeah, yes. Very, so, well in indeed. most societies
2: yeah so there you go uh,
0: so I guess uh, moving away from I guess the overall subject of memes I kind of want to hear your thoughts on Zelda as a whole you know I think that uh, the followers of your Facebook page uh, kind of get a grasp of what your taste in Zelda games are you know what you like you kind of yeah. stick to the traditional 3d Zelda formula that was like ocarina to skyward sword kind of in that <clears throat> range Um, um And I kind of want to hear your take on both the Zelda series as a whole, and then why you like Majora's Mask so much.
2: So Zelda for me as a series was definitely very influential in my early life. Um, I was living out in Arizona with my mom when I was about five or six at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of her friends had a Nintendo 64, which at the time, the only video games I'd ever played at that point were Crash Bandicoot 2. And that's it. That was the only game I ever played. Uh, But, when I saw her friend playing something else and I saw like this kid with a sword and he was like, he was attacking this, this giant spider thing. I thought, Whoa, what, what the hell is that? That's not crash bandicoot. And then I ended up, uh, playing it at his house while my mom and them went off, uh, to go to somewhere. Like I was, I was there with a babysitter and I ended up playing it for like a few hours. And I was obsessed with getting the horse that was on the opening screen. And I think you can tell that it was Ocarina Mm -hmm. of time. And that was the first Zelda I ever played. Like many people who were, you know, 90s babies and all that, the first one they ever played is usually Ocarina of Time. And
0: Naturally, yeah.
2: Right. And when I first started playing that, I became very obsessed with it. It became like the one game I was really, really into. And then my mom got me a... And Nintendo 64 for myself, and I used to just spend hours and hours playing this game. Like, I didn't have any... And this was back, like, when you couldn't just go to GameFAQs and basically have a game be beaten for you by following instructions. So I would just spend hours trying to figure out, like, all the little secrets, where I'm supposed to go, like, how does this work? And I think nowadays, in the scope of how modern games are, where everything's so massive and, like, there's no way you can possibly explore every little thing, like, within a few days... I think going back to the scope of N64 games, they were small enough, but they felt so large because at the time, all I was used to was, you know, stages. You can only go one direction, and that's it, and you get to the end. With Ocarina of Time, that was my first introduction to, like, open world games, to fantasy games in general, and then I got very obsessed with Zelda, you know, following that. I got a Game Boy Color, I started playing um, Link's Awakening, I started playing... uh, which Link, Link's Awakening is my favorite 2D Zelda of, of the whole group, and the reason right. why for that is, is the same reason why I love Majora's Mask, just to cut to that real quick, is uh, the reason why I think I love Majora's Mask so much is because I was so obsessed with Ocarina of Time that it almost didn't occur to me that it was a series and not just one game, and when I went to huh. one of my friends' house and I saw him, I saw a familiar character, Sword and Shield, but they were running around a completely new environment. The music was completely different. Uh, his outfit was almost completely different. He looked he looked older somehow, but yet still a kid. Mm-hmm. And he was swinging this massive gold sword around. And I thought, what What is this game? And he said, Oh, this is Zelda. I said, No, Zelda. The, you're in like uh, you know a field, and you, you can't ride the horse when you're a kid. He goes, No, this is this is the newer one. This just came out. This is called Majora's Mask. And I begged my grandma to take me to KB Toys because that was still a thing in the US back Hell then.
0: yeah. <laughs> we went to KB
2: Toys and we got the holographic cartridge. And I thought that, I mean, that alone blew my mind. Like, this game's serious. This game's not f***ing around. It's got a holographic <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> cartridge. And we got home. I plugged that in. And I immediately got stuck on the first three-day cycle and got pissed off and said, this game sucks. I'm not beating it. Oh. And it just went back, to Majora, uh, went back to Ocarina of Time. And then eventually Wind Waker came out I actually beat Ocarina of Time two years after I started playing it because I just didn't know what to do. Damn. And Fair and enough, I, yeah. Yeah, and then I got stuck on uh, Wind Waker for a while, and Majora's Mask was, the, the at the time, the last 3D Zelda I had beaten. It was more confusing. It wasn't so straightforward. I didn't feel like I could be given a quick list of instructions and know exactly what to do. And the three-day time cycle, which I understand a lot of people don't like because it forces you to have time management skills. You have to hurry. You can't just leisurely walk around the field all you want. Like, you have to go places. Um, I think eventually when I did reach the point in my life where I I finished the game without a walkthrough, thankfully, um, I was so blown away by the attention to detail in every little side mission that I eventually became more attached to Majora's Mask than I was to Ocarina of Time. I would say Ocarina of Time is the more classical hero story where, you know, hero gets his call to action, he leaves his home, he gets his rising action, he gets the big climax, the big reveal, and then he, you know, the, the falling action, the, the world is saved, he goes back to, you know, the status quo. Yeah, Majora's, definitely. Majora's Mask to me feels like a game where... The hero never got he. His call to action already happened, and this is afterwards. I mean, obviously, it still follows a you know the hero's tale formula. He gets his call to action. He gets his horse stolen. He has to get it back. Then there's the reveal that oh no, the mask isn't uh, Skull Kid's not the bad guy. It's actually the mask the whole time. And then you know the final battle. But Majora's Mask to me felt more like a mature take on a Zelda story where. The focus was more on the people around you and not so much the grandiose, you know, dealings with castles and kings and, you know, politics and all that. Majora's Mask was more of a grounded, everyday hero story where obviously, yeah, Link being the unstoppable juggernaut he is, just getting done stabbing Ganon in the face and putting him away in prison in his timeline or however the child timeline you prefer to see it. But Majora's Mask, to me, was just always more alluring. I think more alluring because I didn't beat it at the time and because I was obsessed with finding all the secrets that, to me, felt intentionally difficult to find. I mean, without That's a walkthrough, anything. I think a lot of people wouldn't know that the frogs that you beat they turn into smaller frogs, you're supposed to go up to them with the Don guerrero's Mask and tell them to go to Stonehead.
0: Yep, very satisfying to get that all together and just have yeah. That- what, how, how long is that little sound clip of them singing their little frog song and then you just it's get like a piece five, of heart?
2: Maybe it's like 15
0: seconds. Yeah. Something like that. I actually did that section the other day. So, um, so to put it in perspective for you, I usually help watch my nephew and nieces whenever they get off of school. Cause yeah. uh, I get off work a little bit earlier during the day. Right. And, um, you know, one day my niece was like, uh, Uncle Guap, they they call me Guap. Long story, but nice. uh, they're like, uh we we want to play Majora's Mask, and I'm like, uh, you're never gonna disappoint me by saying that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what should we do? Uh, and they're like, oh, why don't you why don't you go beat all the bosses? So I went and beat all the bosses with the fierce deity mask, as you do. Yeah. uh And then you know, I was running around in the springtime of the mountain, and they saw the frog, and they were like, Uncle oh, what's that frog doing? And I was like, oh, well. You remember like the other froggies that are around the world, yeah? I was like, I can bring them here. You're like, whoa! You should go do that. Yeah. And I did it, and I got the piece of heart. And man, it must have blown their mind just to see that the the mini bosses from two of the dungeons and two miscellaneous frogs from throughout the world all are from the mountain and kind of yeah. connect all the dots there. Because um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to give these kids a proper taste of what good gaming is. And, you know, hopefully I'm doing a good job of it. We'll find out later whenever they're older and can make their own choices for
2: gaming. But, you know, it is what it is.
1: They just turn into a bunch of hipsters.
2: Yeah, all (laughs) they play is N64 games and PS1.
0: (laughs) Dude, I would be (laughs) perfectly okay with that. Although I think if my my nephew's on a Donkey Kong 64 kick right now uh, and – He is stuck on the third boss, which, uh, Joe, have you ever played Donkey Kong 64? No.
2: Uh, It's the only other N64 game that needs the expansion pack.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Fun fact. It is the reason the expansion pack exists, too. Oh, it is. So the third boss is, like, this jack-in-the-box, and uh, it's basically, like, where the difficulty spike hits in that game. Uh, cause you got to play his tiny Kong and you got to actually do some semi-precise platforming in the boss stage. And then you got to hit particular switches. And for the past two days, I've just watched my nephew for hours fail at beating this boss. And I, I, this podcast episode is going to go live like in two weeks and it would not surprise me if my nephew is still struggling with that boss at oh, this my time It is you know, like, he's a pretty smart kid he's a he's a pretty smart kid i think he'll figure it out but it wouldn't surprise me just because like uh, you know like he's figuring out like the motor skill part of it too which right you know in retrospect we don't realize our lack of motor skill as kids but it's like oh geez kyle come on you've done this helicopter jump between the platforms a million times but you messed it up again Ah. Oh it's like right. okay it looks that like, was it's like scrolling
2: through Coron race too, like trying to like being as an adult i don't know doesn't feel as hard but as a yeah. kid i was stuck on that for probably an entire days worth of playing the game and i was getting mad dude i could totally see that like so the rubber banding of that Koron race is bs yeah it is it's no fun <laughs> it's complete bs i mean the fact
0: you can still like even like the top level speedrunners still fail that on a semi normal basis is kind of telling yeah um, I
1: I only didn't get mad at it because I was emulating the game, so I was using save states.
2: Damn, I don't it, remember the last time I used save states.
1: It, it 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 was just for that one part. Like, nope, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. This right.
0: is fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Majora, I should tell you that Joe is still playing through all the Legend of Zelda games right now. Right. He's kind of working his way through the series up until Breath of the Wild. Uh, and he's in the middle of Twilight Princess right now. In fact, he's—he uh, he just told me before he came on that he was on. He just got into the third dungeon. So without story, without story spoilers, please tell us about TP. Is TP bad actually?
2: TP bad or, as a meme started uh, really, I think, when I was about thirteen, when the game first came out. I. Was very excited for Twilight Princess. In fact, I don't know if anybody remembers the way Dude, you used to was get Dude, who was it? News. I mean, the, the trailers see, are very I, I exciting. I it wasn't at was, all. You weren't. I, right? didn't
1: play, I didn't play Zelda games. Well, that's
2: Joe Joe
1: a PC gamer growing
2: up. So, I, mean, I heard like,
1: him a at period of time. That was it.
2: That's all. Yeah. Nice. No, I I, mean, I had heard, heard of, like, I, I, like
1: I had played them on and off, like some of Wind Waker. But I didn't like care about any of them because I just didn't play.
2: Yeah. But see, the thing for me was like with. Twilight Princess, like the the trailers were really exciting. Every little scrap of information I got from online message boards, uh, specifically Zelda Dungeon, I think, uh, you know, every little piece of information you got, like, made me more and more hyped up. I was actually subscribed to, uh, I think it was Kids Disney Kids Magazine, like the little like five inch by seven inch magazine. That Dude, used to I come remember out like that. So oh, yeah, and I was subscribed to it just because they were covering like the development process. Wow. And when the game finally did come out, I got it for, you know, a little bit before Christmas that year. Mm-hmm. It came out, what, like towards the middle of December or November? Uh,
0: it was um it was like middle of December 2006 because that was yeah. the Wii launch window. Uh, yeah. I remember that. So I remember that winter because uh, I was under the impression Santa was not bringing me a Wii that year. And boy, yeah, okay. oh boy, was I surprised when there was one. Shout outs to mom and dad for being the best damn Santa Claus ever.
2: Carry on. So when the game did come out, I sat down and played it. And, you know, obviously I was on winter break. Um, I didn't have to go to school. So all I did was stay up until 5 in the morning, get up at, like, noon, then play the game until 5 in the morning the next night. I mean, I played it for about a good 40 hours straight almost with just, like, a few breaks to sleep. And I did – I'm not going to say I 100%ed it, but I got all the optional bugs. I got all the optional heart pieces. I did all of the fishing and everything. And at the very end of the game, I, I like, kind of – sat back and asked myself, like, is this a game that I really enjoyed, or did I only play it because it was a Zelda game? And it kind of became a question that I'd I'd ask myself often, was, do I actually like this game because it's a Zelda game, or because it's a good game? And when I would replay it as an adult, I would just have the most, I wouldn't say bad time playing it, but I definitely wasn't enjoying myself like I, like I would be if I was playing Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask as old as they are. It's, it's very strange. I can replay Majora's Mask, you know, back to back to back, and I won't get tired of it, but I was trying to play through Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U, which I bought specifically just to play uh, Wind Waker and TP, and mm-hmm. I think I got halfway through the Frozen Mansion, and I was just like, dude, I'm going back to God of War on PS4. I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> ah, yes, man. Dad of boy. Great game. And I, I posted that picture that day because I was, I, was, I was about four or five beers deep and i was just like man i'm not feeling this and i posted it to the page i was like sorry guys i had to go back to playing a good game and i I think i lost (laughs) like 20 followers over that (laughs) the thing is is like i don't necessarily think tp is a bad game on its own i don't think it's a bad and i think a lot of my criticisms can be a little unfair i think a lot of my issues was i hyped the game up to be something that it never could have been which to me was a continuation of Ocarina of Time, but to the grand scale of the modern consoles at the time, which oh, it totally it was. Essentially, was it? It was a very much big continuation of, of Ocarina of Time, and a lot of it kind of relied on you having played Ocarina of Time to get a lot of the moments. Mm-hmm. And that's great and all, but it's just one of those games that, to me, didn't it didn't meet what I was hoping from it. I do think if I am speaking about it from a cur- like from modern day perspective of how i feel about it it um it's a very slow game it's one of those it's games a... that you can't just hop into and go do something the movements are very slow i was never a fan of midna and i know that that's like heresy in the, the 3d zelda community that because Midna is the best companion ever and if you don't like her then you just lose her yeah. i just was never into her i think at the time being a teenager when the game did come out and everybody was you know, making fan art and stuff about her. Cause I used to frequent like a lot of fan art forums and stuff. And just the sheer amount of weird sexual fan art that was coming out about her, like really pushed me off of her design as a character. And I was like, they're designing this. Yeah. Character who looks like a kid.
1: When I'm playing this game, as soon as I saw her, it's like, Oh, she's probably all over deviant art with yeah, Sonic. Right. It, oh was, my gosh. it was bad.
2: And I think that's another thing, like a real world implication of how I felt about her character, her character design. I, I don't really feel like a lot of the moments with her in the story are really earned. I feel like the game sort of assumes you care about her from the start and I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a few moments in the game where like you have to either care about this character or or the moments just don't work. And for me, a lot of those moments don't work because I don't really like Midna as a character. Yeah. And she's about half the game. So if your main side character the one that I'm following the whole game isn't likable to me. It makes it really hard to want to, like, replay it. Like, going to God of War, Atreus, yeah, he's a snotty little shit, but halfway through the game, like, you start seeing development with him. Like, he goes from this starry-eyed little boy who just follows daddy around everywhere to, like, oh, I'm a god. I don't have to give a shit about anything, man. I'm just going to kill people. Yeah, well, Who's going to stop me? I'm a god. And then he finds out that you can't really do that, dude, because you're actually hurting yourself and your family more than anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, side characters, I think, are a huge thing of what can drive a game. I mean, like, for instance, like the Assassin's Creed games. I don't know if anybody remembers when they first started introducing side characters as a huge part of the games. Having Leonardo da Vinci in Assassin's Creed 2, I think, is really what drove a lot of events in the story to be as cool as they were. Like, oh, I'm using da Vinci's glider and stuff. Oh, I'm going to go back and get this thing from da Vinci. It's like when you have a side character who's really... I would say emotionally attractive, like you want to be invested in their story. It can make you like a game that you might not have otherwise liked. And mm-hmm. the same is true for the opposite. There can be a game that would have been great if the side character was more likable. I think TP on its, on its technical levels for the time was an amazing game. They definitely did a lot of stuff that a lot of the older games tried to do and failed. Uh, the sword play definitely feels more skill-based. You actually mm-hmm. have to do certain actions to do certain sword moves. And if you're playing on the Wii, you can randomly flay your arms around. You're going to win every fight. But on the GameCube, huh. which I still argue was the way the game's meant to be played, well, um, that's what it
0: was developed for.
2: Yeah, well, it's this a lot of a lot of games that are developed for next gen consoles are meant to be played on the original. But I, I don't know if anybody saw what happened with Cyberpunk. But that I, I guess I'm being proven <laughs> wrong on that one. Oh, we're going to talk
0: about Cyberpunk so later. Don't you worry about that. We've noticed Cyberpunk. Don't worry.
2: But yeah, TP not necessarily bad. It's a meme, and I do generally not enjoy it as much as other Zeldas. It is my least favorite of the 3D Zeldas besides mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, and we can talk about that in a little while. Fair enough. Fair no, enough. I've fair actually
1: enough. I've got kind of a response about the TP whole thing. Okay. So I have no nostalgia for Zelda whatsoever. Right. Like these games exist and I never played them. And so I'm playing TP for the first time as I've been playing these games over the last couple of years. First of all, I don't like midnet either. Yeah, like at all because to me she's just a snarky character which I just never get behind.
2: So what usually. is that? So
1: Yeah, and but the one that the funny thing is that the one that was in Majora's Mask, whoever this, oh fair, Tattle? Tattle, yeah, oh, yeah the, she's just she as great. bad. I, I I liked her actually. In like I how, liked
2: her, like, but she, she was just shorts. like relentlessly nasty for the first yeah. half of the game.
1: But I think though the reason I didn't mind it in Majora's Mask was because it was a direct contrast to the fairy you play in Ocarina of
2: Time. Yeah, that's true. And I think another issue with TP that I can bring up is there is a lot of goddamn cutscenes for a Zelda game.
0: Oh yeah, oh, it's like a yeah. it's like
2: a it's like a Hideo Kojima game yeah. half the time. It's like an hour of a cutscene here, an hour of a cutscene there. And yeah. I know you can skip them, but you can't skip them until you've already seen them. So technically, you can't skip them.
1: Yeah, I, I have to know what's happening. But that's yeah. the thing is, like, playing through this game, especially after Wind Waker, I just don't find it that interesting of a game. Mechanically, it works. But the does, game yeah. is really, really dull, to be honest, because I just don't care about anything that's happening.
2: I think a lot of people who are really drawn to Twilight Princess's aesthetics too are a lot of like the the people that were wearing nightmare before Christmas hoodies and uh, you know yeah. going to hot topic during the, the heyday of hot topic when it was when it was hot topic not whatever it's doing now and I do think that majoras not Majora's Twilight Princess tried to be more of a mature story like this is not we're not doing the kitty stuff this is a very invested mature story that we're gonna get even adults into and I definitely think that some of it works and some of it doesn't i think i think majora's mask is the other it's like the antithesis of what a lot of people say that twilight princess tried to be uh majora's mask yeah is probably one of the darker series in the game and not because it's just got a brown color palette it's it's darker because it focuses more on individual characters on their own and the way they enter they react to the world ending. I think that's, I think a lot of it is just the character reactions to the world is what really drives it. And yeah, of course, you got the dead Twilight, you got the dead Deku Butler's son, you got the the sword dude cowering in the back, about to cry, about to kill himself because he doesn't want to die from the moon crashing. Shout out but to like, those
0: top ten darkest character moments. Oh in the yeah. games, am I right?
2: Let's call up Zalink and Peanut Butter Gamer and all them gotta love them but uh what's
1: that is an aspect of majora's mask that because i to be honest i didn't really like majora's mask as a game right because the gameplay i didn't like the gameplay in zelda twilight princess is smooth and everything but to be honest i've enjoyed these games a lot but none of the gameplay has ever been that substantial but i love them all anyway yeah and majora's mask i loved even though gameplay wise it was really annoying to me was because of all the detail with the characters And Twilight Princess doesn't have that. So I'm like, so this is just kind of a mediocre game now. Unlike Majora's Mask, where there was this aspect that I was finding really unsettling of how you'll do these great deeds for all these people.
2: But they're still going to die. And the next
1: time you meet them? Yeah, they're still going to die. Next time you meet them, they don't know who you are.
2: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. There's the the Groundhog Day effect there where you just relive the same three days. And
1: I, I've never I, seen I, it used that well in a game. It's really it makes the game like kinda of nihilistic in this way, but very, it also yeah. adds meaning to what you're doing. Like you're saying it's not it's a non traditional hero arc of like it's true selflessness, because none of these people are, are gonna reward you for what you did.
2: Well I think yeah, that's you like a it
1: good. It's
0: pointless, but it has a point.
2: I think that's a good rundown of the hero of time's life in general is like, and again, I I like obsess over this character because he was the first Zelda protagonist I ever identified with. I wanted to be blonde when I was a kid because of him. I wanted to grow my hair (laughs) out because of him. Obviously that never happened. I've got, I've got Raven black hair and yeah, I'm I'm not going to look like Link anytime soon, but (laughs) like very obsessed with, uh, connecting with this character because this was the game I was obsessed with. And the hero of Time Link to me, and again, could be from nostalgic reasons why I, I hold him so highly, but him as a character to me is really interesting because his entire life is essentially this Sisyf- Sisyf- am like I'm stuttering. Sisyphian task of pushing this big boulder up a hill and having it roll back down where he... Damn, son. Good reference. Yeah, I mean, I love Greek mythology. He um He goes to very extreme heights to save people, to, to like, you know, essentially save the world. And in the end of things, nobody knows who he is. I mean, in the, in the child timeline, he goes back in time. Nobody knows he did any of the things he did. He's, he doesn't exist to the world. And that's why he turns into the hero shade because he, you know, left without being able to hand his sword techniques down and not being remembered as a hero. But then in the adult timeline, he is a hero, but he lost everybody in his life who was ever important to him. So now it's like, well, great. All that for what? Mm-hmm. So I think Majora's Mask is a good ending. And as much as I would like to see him come back, it's a good ending because it again revisits this. You did all of this, and in the end, almost nobody's going to remember who you are for it. And he does it anyway because it's a selfless thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the I'm, game, they just kick you out. They're just like, all right, we're going to have a party. You're not invited. Get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I the whole series is
1: extremely, like, sad tone that I just love so much. I
2: do, too. and surprisingly, even Wind Waker was pretty depressing in the end yeah. when, when the King of Hyrule just essentially says, Yeah, man, you know, as much as I was trying to revisit the past, yeah, shit ain't gonna happen. I'm just gonna go ahead and sink the city if that's cool with you.
0: And it was cool with me. It was yeah, made it was for pretty a pretty cool. good backdrop, and then, of course, you stab Ganondorf in the effing face.
2: Yeah, that's pretty dark for a it, kid's it, game.
0: I
1: actually... I just finished Wind Waker, and nice. man, that, that ending, like, I loved it. Yeah, that ended depressed me for like a week. In that game, I was like,
2: hmm.
1: Well, it's like this... everything I didn't like in Majora's Mask and Ocarina, but they like fixed everything. Right. Yeah.
0: That was how and, I saw it. And I will say, I think overall the theme I'm seeing, especially in the 3D Zeldas, and really, I guess in all Zelda games that I think about, it, is there's this overwhelming theme of like, melancholy to some degree with the hero's journey that it's worth yeah.
2: doing but you're not necessarily going to be able to see the results and you won't necessarily now. be better off in the end like you you as the hero might be worse off than when you started mm-hmm. because I mean, like if you think about say
0: yeah like if you think about say the the link from uh link to the past and link's awakening like yeah. what he goes off on a journey after link to the past after he saves hyrule and then in link's awakening he like experiences a new world makes new connections with folks and then they're gone right yeah it
2: was all just a dream it was all a dream um, just like
0: little, the, little small the small canonical end of uh of the hero of time is him becoming the hero of shade which by the way i would love to see what nintendo could do with a say third game in the hero of time uh yeah with the hero of time character because i know you've made a meme about that once and that really got me thinking i i want to yeah. get a shout out to that but it's just like you know what could they do at this point they've already gone so far b- beyond it's like it's not worth doing uh but wind waker like he grew up and then he's gone and he goes off and does phantom hourglass and then after right. phantom yeah. hourglass uh you got a new link after that in spirit tracks which to the random commenters on majora's Mascord, who very much interrupted a very nice conversation that me and the admin were having I don't remember your name off the top of my head, but I will say, dude, come on. Spirit Tracks is better than Phantom Hourglass. And if you doubt me, I'm the one who has a podcast, Poop,
1: poop on you <laughs> i don't i don't even know what either of those games are
2: they're ds titles that weren't really very popular when they came out i am not a huge fan of either and they're not games that i would sit down and replay just out of the wanting to replay them but like if i'm trying to say yeah i finished the entire series i i will have to finish them again because i don't think i finished either of them i think i may have but i'm not sure that i did yeah, I do remember like doing the flute stuff and Phantom Hourglass, and I didn't like it, and it was making me mad. I didn't like uh, attacking with my stylus. And to be fair, uh, my DS at the time didn't work too well, and Nintendo's philosophy of making sure that you couldn't fix things on your own was what drove me to start learning electronics so I could fix my DS because I didn't <laughs> want to buy a new one. So Dude, I had to props. Frankenstein them <laughs> together. Jeez. I mean, I had one DS that I, I bought off somebody because the touch screen didn't work. But mine, mm-hmm. the touch screen worked, but the top screen was broken. <laughs> so I essentially l- went online, looked up the schematics of it, went to a YouTube channel. He talked about like how Nintendo does this and this. So you can't fix it yourself. But I found a way around it and I followed his instructions and I was able to get like all the ribbon and stuff detached and then reattach them to I the have- other one. It was, a, That's it was awesome. a while. And the first thing I did after that was try to play Phantom Hourglass and then I just got mad. <laughs> Fair enough like a week. I mean,
0: Fair enough, but, stuff, I will, but I will say mad. you can play Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks on the Wii U eShop if people That's remember true. that yeah. DS games are there. That's and it's true. like I haven't done it myself because again, it like I, I agree with you in that. It's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want to revisit Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks, but yeah. admittedly if I had to revisit one of them, i would go with Spirit Tracks.
2: Well, I think I would definitely yeah, want to go back to Spirit because I, I, as much as I was very like, so for instance, my reveal to Spirit Tracks was hearing all this hubbub about uh, a new game about a, a cool Link who rides his horse and shoots blue arrows everywhere. And I thought, wow, that's the new Zelda game. That's so exciting. And then I saw the trailer and my friend was like, hey, check this out. This is the new Zelda game. And it was a trailer for Phantom Hourglass. And I was like, man, f- this series. I'm not playing these games anymore. I'm pit trains. That's where we're going. I'm done. <laughs> Hell yeah, buddy. Choo-choo, mother- Yeah, I was I, I was mad. But I also was kind of dumb because I didn't actually look anything. I didn't look farther into it. I was really big on the Zelda Universe forums for a while. Not me as in, like, I wasn't famous or anything, but I was on it a lot. Yeah, you were an and, active user. Oh, very. I was, I was on there every day. And when I kept seeing, like, all these people's screenshots of, like, oh, this is the Nintendo press conference, and this is the new Zelda, and check out this, and check out that. And then the next trailer I see is of a Zelda that's completely different than that. I didn't bother looking into it to make sure that was the one I was waiting for. And I, I think I got a little overboard and was just like, no, nah, I hate this series. Nah, whatever. I'm too old for Zelda. I don't care. This is for babies.
0: Yeah. I Which, I, I hear you, man. I, I had a similar thing happen to me with Pokemon uh, back in the day. You know, just like yeah. after sixth grade, I was like, oh, I'm too old for Pokemon. I don't want to do it anymore. So, so that's I missed you
1: call it awakening.
0: Hey, <laughs> would, would you, Joe? Would you? Yes. Would you? I, I hate would Pokemon. Would you? <laughs> Well, some of us had a childhood, so yeah, well. um, you can't exactly compare, can man, you? I'll sorry? still
2: cry at the first movie. It's not a very good movie, but I'll still cry nope. at it. Hell yeah, dude! Dude, Pikachu crying—that just mm. hits you deep. When the other Pikachu <laughs> just slapping his ass, and he's just like, no, nah, man, I ain't doing this no more." Is oh. that is
1: that from the movie where Pikachu is like killing himself?
2: killing himself
1: i don't know i've seen like a meme where pikachu's like beating up a clone of himself and yeah no because the
2: first pokemon movies there's it's a long story but it boils down to like mewtwo makes clones of pokemons who somehow lack the same abilities but they're kind of the same but they're not and then in the end you learn that friendships the answer and you shouldn't be violent and then mewtwo wipes everybody's memories anyway so who cares none of that mattered Which, by the way, did you hear that the Japanese
0: version of that movie is actually radically different in theme? Well, that's not a
2: surprise. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japan is nothing like it is here. Oh, hell yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japan, they were straight up killing people, but over here... Yeah, there's no Shadow Realm there. There's death. There was... there was. You're going to the Shadow Realm, Kaiba. You're done stealing my grandfather's heirlooms. Back then, it's just like, I'm just going to stab Kaiba. I don't care. (laughs) He's got all this money, but he's going to need to pay his hospital bills. Oh, what to (laughs) do? He can beat me in a card game. He can't beat me in a knife game. Yeah, there was, like, some high-ass stakes in Yu-Gi-Oh! It was like, yeah, you, you, need, you need to either win this card game or you're going to get dropped down an elevator shaft to your death. <laughs> yeah, Okay, but guys, calm like, down. This is just Uno. We don't got to die over it. <laughs> dude, my my favorite
0: quote from Yu-Gi-Oh! A Bridge Series is Joey, like, snapping back at Kaiba, uh, him saying, uh, I'm going to prove to you I'm not a loser by challenging you to a children's card game. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's the show in a nutshell, basically.
2: I got into Yu-Gi-Oh because I was obsessed with Ancient Egypt as a kid. And I was obsessed with Ancient <clears throat> Egypt because of Prince of Egypt, which I watched on repeat from the time I was about four until I was about
0: hell uh, yeah, I'm 26
2: man. now. Best DreamWorks movie. Oh. Best DreamWorks movie. Uh,
1: I, I still watch it. It's so good.
2: It is very good. But yeah, anyway. Buddy.
1: Masterpiece.
0: But yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So what other games do you play, Majora? Because I know you've mentioned a couple here and there, but... Uh, I like, mean... Like, what sort of stuff do you play? Like, are you playing Cyberpunk right now? Are you Cyberpunk, enjoying no.
2: yeah, I uh I don't actually have a gaming PC as much as that's going to discredit me to the Facebook page when they hear me complain about games because I'm not part of the PC Master Race or anything. I actually have a laptop that barely can handle running uh, Project 64 for some Hell odd yeah. reason. <laughs> uh, actually
1: 64 like, is very poorly coded so it's, it's well, not
2: it, your it hangs off of your hard drive i mean and your uh your hardware it like tugs at it i mean for instance my laptop that i have it's got 16 gigabytes of dedicated ram it's it's a higher end laptop and yeah i know laptops aren't meant for gaming but i'm able to play games like witcher 3 and witcher 1 and 2 and all that on here and it's you know it's a little laggy and yeah everything doesn't load as great as it should but I can still play it, but for some reason, Project 64, like, it jumps my CPU up to, like, 98%. Yeah. But besides Zelda, I mean, right now I'm going back through the Assassin's Creed franchise because my friend who also runs a bunch of core pages, he was bringing up that, because, you know, we were in the group chat and I was just shitting on Assassin's Creed, like, yeah, man, it used to be like, hop off this rooftop and go kill a politician to, you're in ancient Egypt, go kill the sun god. So, and he's like, no, that's actually not how that happens, and you should actually go play the newer games. I was like, you know what, man? The newer Dude, games and it, suck. But an Assassin's Creed,
0: stand? No way.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, he is right. A lot of the things that I was judging the series on were a little unfair because, again, uh, Assassin's Creed's another series that I do have a lot of nostalgia for. When the first one came out, man, I was playing oh, that man. every single day. I was nonstop. I, that was the reason I got an Xbox 360 at the time. And... Dude, you go back to it now, and it's like, oh my gosh, why did I play this? Assassin's Creed 1 to me is still, I would rank as one of my favorite Assassin's Creed just because of the setting and story. I mean, you don't see a lot of games that take place during that particular era of the Crusade. Yeah,
0: Crusade-era Jerusalem, that is one heck of a setting.
2: And and the story was interesting, too. I mean, you start finding out over time that this master that you follow was actually insane, and he's got control of some reality-altering object. And then Assassin's Creed 2 came out and just blew my my you know 16-year-old balls right off, and I couldn't stop playing that. I mean, I bought every single Assassin's Creed up until Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and the reason why was because Assassin's Creed 3, again, I got real hyped up for. I hyped myself ah. up for it played it, and it turned out to be one of the worst games in the series, not just by me, but by a lot of people. And then I was like, all right, if this is the, the direction the series is going, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, Assassin's I, Creed like, 3 that's was that's definitely my yeah. jumping off point where I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm done.
1: Yeah, I, I, I did all of these games. Like, I bought all of them. I 100% did all of them, but Assassin's yeah. Creed I hated so much. that I was like, it's nope, i The thing is, is
2: like it's during such an interesting period of history for me because I, I do love history. I love, um, especially like, You know, more modern history. I guess you can consider the revolution modern history because it's only about three hundred years ago. Well, not even. Yeah,
0: in the grand scheme of things, yeah,
2: yeah. And it's it was one of those settings where like I was really excited. Like, what can they possibly do Assassin's Creed style with this? And it's climbing trees. It's talking to Benjamin Franklin for four hours. I have Uh to run through this field of people shooting muskets, and if I get tapped on my shoulder, I get desynchronized. Um, (laughs) But right now,
1: there's like half the time the game's bugging out and all that
2: oh yeah it was buggy as hell right now i'm playing through odyssey um because i'm trying to go through them in chronological order now and my friend said odyssey's a good place to start and i do like ancient greek like history and mythology and all that so it's it's definitely fun uh other series i'm a huge fan of the doom series even going back to the old pc ones um i did finish eternal just a little while ago and the dlc Uh, anybody who's interested in the DLC for Doom Eternal, if you haven't played it yet. Just so you know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot harder than the base campaign. It's a little ridiculous sometimes.
1: Harder? Do I, I
2: play on ultra nightmare just because I'm one of those weirdos who, after I started playing Dark Souls, I just I couldn't even get a hard on if a game didn't piss me off. So yeah, I all right. turned all the difficulties <laughs> up, and now I can't play a game anything below like hair pullingly frustrating.
1: I, I, I mean, can't even understand how it harder than Doom Eternal's normal campaign because that game is hard as balls. Dude,
2: the Doom, uh, the icon of Sin at the end. A little is a little bullshit. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the, the mean, DLC is ridiculous.
1: One, I beat the first one on on like nightmare difficulty. Yeah, same. It wasn't that hard. Doom Eternal, and I'm like, holy shoot! This is like a whole monster.
2: Doom 2016 to me, the only enemy that was difficult at all was the spider mastermind, and that was it. And it was just because they had a crazy big health bar. Yeah. yeah, that's true.
1: And those stupid pinkies. That, oh, yeah. The, the, the pinkies in Doom 2016 are some of the worst. enemies. They were
2: a little overpowered, stuff. yeah.
1: It's just like yeah, you can only shoot them in one place. You can barely ever see them. They kill you so quickly. It's like, this is bad design. I don't like it.
2: And uh, there's actually one game, too, that I tried to replay recently. Speaking of games that disappointed us because of hype, I don't know if you guys remember when The Last Guardian was announced like 100 years Ooh. ago for the first time. <laughs> Oh, that boys.
0: Colossus guys?
2: Yeah, the Team yep. team Ico. I guess they're yeah. pronounced Ico. I always called it Ico, but I'm being told I, I always Ico.
0: called it Ico. Ico, too.
2: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I love all their games. I'm I'm a really big fan of a lot of the classic studios that everybody remembers. CD Projekt, you know, from Witcher and up. I, I loved all of the stuff from Mass Effect. I loved all the stuff from, you know, Team Ico and everybody. And Last Guardian is another game that I'm very sad about because... The thing is, is they announced it, like, five times. And every time they yep. did it, it looked a little better. And then it came out, and the base game on the original PS4 just chugged on the heart. Like, you barely even moved, and your your PS4 is, like, floating off the table.
0: Yeah. It's,
2: and it's not a bad game. I don't think it is. It's, it's definitely... They definitely achieved what they set out to do by making a side character your, you know, your animal that follows you around, Triker. Mm-hmm. He definitely... Re- reacts like a real cat would. And that is both great and very impressive and very frustrating because I don't think if anybody has had a cat and has been able to train them to do anything, it's almost impossible. Yep. Touche. They just do what they want. And that's why I think I love them so much.
0: Fair enough. When I saw,
1: when last guardian came out, I remember watching a YouTube videos. Like, there's been three games I've had this response to of like super hyped games. Yeah. One of them was this, the other was no man's sky. And there was,
2: yeah, oh, no, and okay. also Death
1: Stranding. When I was watching, oh man,
2: it, Death like, dude, I freaking boy.
1: Death
0: Stranding!
2: Oh, I was like, I God. didn't know
1: what any of these games were, but I knew they were hyped to no end. And then when I saw footage of it, I was like, Are you? Well, serious? Death
2: Stranding was promised as an un—it's just an unhinged, uninhibited Hideo Kojima just doing what he does best, just making a batshit insane game that's really fun to play. And I, uh, I think they went a little too hard with the batshit side and not so much the fun to play side. Yeah. <laughs> that like, like, is so him. true like, whatever, so, so true
0: like i ha- i have a theory about video games where it's like you know like the marketing team is going to hype it up as best they can and yeah. if they are trying to tell you that it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, that is a lie and it will always be a lie right because for death stranding what for like two years they we knew the game existed
2: we knew it was a huge hideo kojima yeah, but like, game but we is never it?
0: saw gameplay yeah,
2: yeah what is- what's what's happening and then you do see gameplay and it's just a guy walking around a field
0: I know. It's like you're being the f-ing UPS
2: guy. It's Uber Eats the game. Basically. <laughs> and and Conan know, O'Brien is
0: in there for some reason.
2: Yeah, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, and you got Mads Mickelson. He's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kojima just
0: called up all his Hollywood friends and were like, hey, you want to well, be in my was, video game? That was the as thing, as too. Is like
2: You were seeing all these like posts on Twitter and everything, which, I mean, I don't use Twitter. I just would see screenshots of it with other people. I used Twitter for a while. I got banned for I forget what I said. Uh, you know, the, the flowery version of it is I, I told some K-pop fan to shut the hell up, and then I got kicked off Twitter. Um,
0: Never underestimate the power of K-pop fans, my dude. <laughs> no, nah,
2: man, they'll they'll ruin your life.
0: They but, will. Uh,
2: yeah, I was seeing, like, all these pictures of, like, Hideo Kojima sitting around with Mads Mikkelsen, sitting around with Troy Baker, and they're just, like, having a really good time with my boy Hideo. He's a really crazy, really funny guy. And then there's, like, Guillermo del Toro. He's in there, and he's, this guy's very cool. He's a very, very funny guy. And I'm thinking, wow, they got all these high profile names on here. This this better be the best game ever made. And then it came out and I was like, Man, there's a lot of cutscenes and walking. I don't know how yep. much game there is though. Yep, you it got is- it. And
0: by the way, it got nominated for Game of the Year the yeah. year it came out.
2: I mean, I guess that's fair. There was two thousand what was that, two thousand eighteen? Uh eighteen or nineteen. I, I think it, I it was nineteen. I think it was yeah. 19. It's, it's like,
1: it feels like it was five years ago, but one right. day ago at the same time. It's really weird. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: one of those things that happened either 100 years ago or it happened last week. Yeah, yeah, like I
1: swear, we're living in like some kind of like weird black hole where time has stopped. Yeah, it's
2: just weird. Dude, I work with high
0: schoolers. As far as I'm concerned, spring break hasn't stopped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very nice. Yeah.
0: So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So, uh, any closing thoughts, Majora? Because I'm looking at the time, and I don't want to keep you away from uh, your responsibilities and whatnot too much longer. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to tell your wonderful fans on Majora's Mascore?
2: All uh, right, you know, just keep liking the keep liking the memes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is and I I think I should kind of close the whole thing on this is i don't want people to think i consider myself some high profile name on facebook i'm just a guy who runs a zelda page that zelda page that makes mediocre at best and sometimes really funny and then sometimes really not funny memes uh i definitely don't consider myself an influencer and i'm just glad people like the stuff i make i never expected the page to reach more than 200 with the pattern i had from all the previous pages i made so I mean the page is essentially a hundred percent run by a community of people that support the page, that want to see more things, they they like it, they share it when they see that the you know the post reach is basically shot into the dirt. And I can talk for a little bit longer, maybe about fifteen more minutes. Yeah, go for it. But uh yeah, I mean I just I appreciate everybody who has helped the page reach where it is. I, I definitely wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for people's interactions and people's, you know, thoughts and comments on things. And yeah, Sometimes I'll make a meme that makes you mad, but just know that deep down, you know I love you. I wouldn't do it to hurt you. It's just it's just giggles and laughs, man. Fair enough, fair
0: enough. And I mean technically <laughs> this this right here is outreach from your page because I mean yeah. heck, I've been like I think, you know, not to flex, but I'm a top fan. Guys. You are a
2: top fan. You were one of the first people that were commenting on every almost every uh post. I you're yeah, always popped up.
0: No big deal. You and Tommy no Wiseau
2: deal. and Thaddeus Russell, you guys are like yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout
0: outs to that fake Tommy Wiseau that loves you, man. Oh, was people's the real one. It's like whoa. Sadly, I no. Wiseau, man. Sadly, no. Nah. His S- speech some, patterns
2: some, are a little off for the real Tommy Wiseau.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> some avant gar some avant garde sa- savant who's impersonating Tommy Wiseau loves the page too. So yeah. Shout
2: outs to that guy. Very good.
1: <laughs> I think even Tommy Wiseau is impersonating Tommy Wiseau. He's not actually that guy. I don't Tommy Wiseau is a,
2: very interesting character yeah. he's he's a character in his in his in his own right i mean yeah he's a living person and he's a real person but is he yeah
1: i don't so, know it's just a man's so, mystery
0: so here's the thing guys here's the thing i know i've told joe this but Majora, i'll tell you this too so uh the first time i ever saw the room i went to a live midnight showing oh, and Tommy nice. Wiseau was there
2: he did yeah.
0: a q a beforehand
2: that's so awesome
0: and you know it's just like everybody's gushing over him. people are throwing the football around the lobby i'm like okay people are throwing, playing shitty Backyard football, whatever, <laughs> and uh, you know we get there. We sit down, and he's doing the Q and A. And the dude who plays um, his best friend in the movie—I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head—but he's there too, Greg and he totally knows. Why- yeah, 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 he totally knows why he's there. He yeah. knows why people love him. He movie. knows it's a meme. I don't think Tommy Wiseau knew.
2: I actually think he does. He I does. think I-, I think Tommy Wiseau plays up the the weird, ignorant, like weirdo thing as a character because he knows it's what people know him for. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever watched his videos where he did like small let's plays of some games. What was that? Oh was my that God. Made let's plays. Yeah. He did a few. Oh. Like They were very short. Cause he's not very good at technology. He, played, <laughs> he was trying to play dark souls and that's where that quote came from. Maybe in the end, the dark soul is actually in you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or what, what did he say? He said kids spend all day trying to defeat the dark souls in the games, but not the dark soul in yourself, or something oh, like man. that. Dude, that is so deep. Like I can imagine that is like a just girly things post. Dude, Tommy Wiseauisms—they're they're really good. I, I actually sometimes I wouldn't say semi regularly, but I quote the room probably more than I should.
1: Well, who doesn't?
2: It's, a, it's such a good film, it's, and it's yeah. not a good film because the story makes any sense or because it's a fun movie to watch because you know that the movie's good. It's a movie that's fun to watch because the history behind what it took to make this film, even a reality at all, is just in itself a miracle. This dude basically spent his own money to get a barely functional film made, and it just, it, it just set off this empire of a, of a fan base that it turned into. Mm-hmm. it's
1: definitely like the most successful movie of all time
2: it's probably I would say yeah it's up there I don't think I've ever seen like you know uh, it's only totally this generation's uh,
0: I would say it's this generation's Rocky Horror Picture Show right I, it's I this horror movie so that has a cult following and it's like yeah. you only get it when you see the movie
2: yeah I tried to yeah, watch it with my wife for the first time we like we had like a night planned of it and we had like we, we opened wine and I had a few beers and she had some wine and we were sitting watching it and I think we got to the scene Where it's you are my rose, you are my rose, and my wife was just like, turn this shit off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, man, we got to finish the movie. No, turn this movie off. It sucks. All uh,
1: right, fine. Is this why the divorce uh, papers are being signed right
0: now?
2: No, no. You know, I
0: didn't want to make that joke. I didn't wanted to go there, but I thought it. No, not, not
2: over that anyway.
0: I don't have Not unique sense that. of humor, so you got to do Not it. over that. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure your wife Majora is a lovely woman who Mary. is listening to this podcast and knows that we appreciate her letting you record this with us right now. Oh, of course, absolutely. What a what a lady! Shout outs to you. Shout outs to you. I, uh, I,
1: I do have one question for you yeah. here. You mentioned how you you grew up playing Ocarina of Time and you like spent like two years trying to yeah. beat it. How long did it take you? To figure out, you were supposed to play Saria's Song for the Goron King.
2: Uh, That one I actually found out right away because uh, Zelda's the reason I learned how to read at a young age. So I was trying to practice at every chance I got so I could be better at the game. Um, That's funny. It's a very, like, life-changing thing. Ocarina of Time is the reason I had the literacy skills of a college student when I was in fifth grade. (laughs) Um. But I basically, uh, there's the Goron that stands by the gate that goes to the Lost Woods. And he, oh, the, the king loves this music. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'll go play that song then. There you go. Wow. man, I'm Dude. jealous. Like, I walked around
1: for six hours <laughs> trying to figure out what the F I'm supposed to do. And Dude. I finally did this. Like, I was so mad. Like I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not this, playing this. For, I'm not. Nope.
0: Dude, I'm I not, find I'm it so, so interesting mad. that you mentioned that uh, Ocarina of Time helped you learn to read. Cause like wind waker taught me my compass directions.
2: Yeah, actually that's a good point. And it, and it probably taught you a little bit about how, you know, the sun and sun and moon rise and set how, which directions they're in. Did eh, they teach you anything eh. about uh, like octopus or anything about calamari? I mean, it certainly taught me about wind direction
0: and, Very good. you know, north, south, east, west and all that stuff. Is, and, of course, you know, the usual sort of uh, rational thinking like, oh, I have this thing. I have this item now that can do this thing. I should try it on this other obstacle I couldn't get past before. And blah, You know, blah, speaking blah, blah.
2: of being stuck in games, again, Wind Waker was another one of those games where I started it and didn't actually finish it until maybe a year and a half later because I, I was playing the game as a kid and... I got stuck in the forest t- temple because I didn't know your. S- I didn't know that you could use the korok leaf to move oh. the lily pad you were on, dude. I, I remember
0: this mad. meme. I remember this meme now. I you was made a meme so about this. So fucking
2: mad. I was like, I was like trying to. I would like jump off of it and uh, get the leaf at the very second and just keep like fluffing it and fluffing it and fluffing it until I got almost there and I wouldn't reach it, and I was like livid as a guy. How in the hell? Are you sp- do I have to literally go buy a Game Boy Advance to get the Tingle Tuner out so I can get over there? I I I legitimately thought you had to use the Tingle Tuner to get yourself to be able to walk on water to be able to beat that that temple. I was mad.
1: That that, that would be extortion.
2: That would be it. Yeah, well that's what Tingle's good at. Tingle's good yeah. at extortion, and that's why I love him is- so much. So with Breath of the Wild, a lot of people have probably noted that I make a lot of memes saying, you know, Breath of the Wild sucks, Breath of the Wild's horrible, I hate it. And that's not true. I don't. I I definitely think as a Zelda experience, and maybe to you, somebody who, like, is just now getting into Zelda, you might know what I mean by the time you reach it. It's a very different game than what people my age are used to. And again, this is more of a boomer thing where, no, Zelda is this, and that's what it is, and you can't change it. I mean, to be honest, that's kind
1: of how I'm starting to feel about it myself, was that I'm noticing the formula. And I, I remember I played like five minutes of Breath of the Wild, probably yeah. like 15 minutes, and I was like, this, when I was playing Ocarina and playing through it, like, Breath of the Wild is nothing like these games. And it's not. Like, there's and no there's so far. So I can see what, what you yeah. mean by that.
2: I mean, Breath of the Wild is what I would consider a soft reboot for the series because I can tell that with it being so successful and with it reaching such a wider audience than the other games have, I do think Nintendo is probably going to take that in more of a Breath of the Wild direction rather than a Twilight Princess Ocarina of Time direction, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The Breath of the Wild physics engine is something that I think only deserves to be marveled at and to be complimented for how amazing it is. It is a very well-made physics engine that I think basically carries the entire game on itself. And the Breath of the Wild does bring back a lot of the original... Uh, aspects of the first NES Zelda, which is exploration. You know, you can can discover the world in any order you want to. You're not hindered by quest items that you have to use to get to certain areas, to get another item, to get to another area, to get to another item. I mean, Breath of the Wild is very much about freedom. You have the choice to do anything you want. But I think for me, the only thing that hurts it is, is Breath of the Wild, yes, did bring back a lot of amazing... You know, gameplay mechanics that I think work out really well and help the game feel more open and free. But there isn't really a narrative that you can follow in the game because of how free it is. I mean, yeah, with Breath of the Wild, it doesn't feel like I'm in any hurry to go get that big blobbly Ganon that's flying around the castle and screaming because he's just always been there. Who cares? He's been there for 100 years. He's not doing anything. He's not He's not expanding. Mm-hmm. He's not causing any corruption. Who cares? Leave him alone. I mean, with the Divine Beasts, like, I never felt an urgency to fix them. Like, uh, what is it? M- Ruto is basically just making it rain a lot. Okay, cool. I mean, the Zora can breathe underwater. Uh, who cares? And then it's like uh, Mido... Is that what they called the one? The 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 bird. All of the Rita? all the divine
0: beasts are like some sort of like word scrambling of the Ocarina of time sage that kind of yeah. corresponds with them. So like I I mean I don't know man I just call them like the camel, the lizard, the camel, the, the lizard,
2: bird camel, the elephant, the John Tron. and
0: the yeah, yeah yeah like basically that. See, and, I didn't... And like I was Wait, what order did you do them in? I'm curious about this. Cause... When I
2: first played Breath of the Wild, I was trying to do them in the order that I was used to Zelda games being in cuz Zelda games always went grass, fire, water, and then and a play on either shadows or sand or wind or time or whatever. Right. And I went the first time I did, I went with water because it was the one that the game seemed to be pushing me to go towards cuz it, you know, I was reaching uh, Zora's Domain first. Mm-hmm. And then I went more towards, um, I think I did the camel second. What is it? Okay. Uh, Naboris. I did Naborus second. And then yeah. I did Mido, the bird. I did that third. And then the fourth one was the salamander. Dude,
0: we did that in the
2: exact same order.
0: That's, I think that's it's because exactly a lot of people too.
2: do, because that's the way the game seems to be trying to drive you. The reason that Breath of the Wild to me doesn't work for me as well as it may work for other people is Again, I'm a little rigid in things that I like and the way I like them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm surprised I even like the new God of War, considering it's nothing like the other God of Wars. Oh, for um, sure. But I guess the story itself is what carried it. And again, going to Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild's story to me never feels urgent. Like mm-hmm. in uh, in God of War, when, and if anybody hasn't played it by now, I'm sorry, but it's a spoiler. When Atreus starts getting sick because his godhood is conflicting with his humanhood and he's not able to really like exist in our, he's not able to vibe in our universe as it is. And he starts getting sick and he's like about to die and you got to get, you know, your chaos blades out and go down to hell and get the energy so you can save him. Like that Mm -hmm. feels urgent. I have to go do that. Right. I can't go back to the the Lake of tear and around for two hours. I got to go get this done now with breath of the wild. I never feel like I'm in a hurry to do anything. And at the same time, that is something that I think they did on purpose. They didn't want the game to feel like you had to ignore this giant open world and run to go fix things. But at the same time, even with like Ocarina of Time, yeah, you could fuck around and fish for two hours. But at the same time, there was always like that looming thought like, oh, man, this world is messed up now that Ganondorf's in control. I got to go fix things. Well, yeah, so I
1: mean, you're so attached it, to all the characters.
2: That's true, and a lot of the the characters in Breath of the Wild, I will say, are very good. They're very like well. I I, I really like Koss. I think he's really cool. I liked seeing him around, and that's another meme from a Zelda group that he's a deadbeat dad and shouldn't be respected. But I liked him, and yeah, I, but I do think like
1: but, for what you're saying, the problem here is that it doesn't the things that are happening aren't necessarily a detriment to the characters you like. Like, the Zora is yeah. just raining. For final like the, yeah, the
2: Zora is just raining, and what's the worst that can happen? Oh, no, I can't direct this pedophilic hillion over to date this Zora who looks like she's five years old. Oh, no.
0: right? Yeah, that was really awkward for me. Too. Yeah, I didn't like but that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs>
2: well, that's another thing, too, about Breath of the Wild. Speaking about, like, going back to what we talked about earlier with fan art and stuff, Breath of the Wild is one of the weirdest games when it comes to fan art. I have no oh clue gosh. what direction the fan art's going in. Like, it's just like... It's the models of Link and Zelda, but they're wearing like modern day hoodies and they're sitting like in a Starbucks, and that's supposed to be Zelda fan art. Okay, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I could draw a picture of Kratos sitting at Cedar Point in Sandusky, and that's I guess that's Kratos fan art, but what's he doing there? Why,
0: man? I feel like this is at the point when you're shouting at the kids for getting on
2: your lawn, yeah, kind of a little bit, I guess. This isn't a real fan art. You just put Link in a hoodie. That's not real. Buggins. Zelda. When I was a kid, Zelda fan art was a cool epic backdrop of Link's in an opponent's rearing up and he's holding his sword in the air. This is just a picture yeah, of Link yeah. standing in line at Burger King. It sucks. Burger King's not even that
0: good, guys. I hate Ugh. it. It's garbage.
2: Well, yeah, there's also, I, com- something that you said about
1: like the whole sense of urgency is that yeah, that's something with, uh, with open world games that's really difficult in general is how do you have freedom but make the main quest important? And that is hard to examples, do. Yeah, like one of the a game that I adore, I love all these games, but Batman Arkham City yes. has a massive issue where you're literally dying. And there's actually one where Oracle tells you where he's like, Batman says, No, I okay, I just have to, and she interrupts, like, No, you don't. You gotta go back there right now. But yeah. even then in the game, because like yeah, I have to go now, and I told you I will, but I'm going to go to the Iceberg Lounge and get the thing that the cops are telling me about and then do this thing and this. Which, yeah, even though I have that,
0: one one hour left before the Joker poison kills. Yeah,
1: it. it's that term that we all love and have heard so much: cognitive narrative dissonance. No, yes. no, no.
2: Ludo narrative dissonance. Whatever, yeah.
1: some term like that that kept being thrown around. It's like it's a valid point.
2: It is, and mm-hmm. the same thing is true. Like I, I guess I'm I'm sure a lot of people know the channel Nike Jakey. I watched a a yeah, long ass video love him. As he did. Yeah, me too. He did a long ass video on. Uh, Last of Us Two, which is a game I'm not going to give my opinions on. I don't yeah, want to no. open that can. But he talked about the <laughs> ludonarrative narrative dissonance in that game, where in Last of Us One and Two, you know, you're running around stabbing and killing hundreds of people, and it barely matters. But all of a sudden at the end, they're like pushing this anti violence message. So it's like, what? When were you pushing that? And I don't know if you guys ever played a game called Vampire, which I don't know why it's spelled that way. I've heard of it. It was free on PS Plus during October, and I wanted to give it a try because it was free. And that's a game with heavy little narrative dissonance where the game is trying to make you feel bad for killing people. But the game tells you that you need to kill people. So, for instance, in Vampyr, you have to suck the blood of whoever you can to get more abilities. And you actually technically don't have to. The game makes it sound like you do, but you don't really have to. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you can freely go around killing vampire hunters and it doesn't affect the city's health at all. Like If you kill like a random NPC, it causes the city's health to go down and like there'll be more uh, ghouls and stuff coming around. But for some reason, you can just murder all these vampire hunters by the hundreds and it doesn't affect anything. I think that's a little strange. So ludonarrative dissonance is an issue with a lot of, I think, open world games where yeah you have to have a connection to the story where you know things have consequences and you have to do things in a certain way but at the same time if you do that too much it hinders the gameplay and there's no game to be had
1: yeah it's a game
2: yeah Yeah. and And in the end that's usually yeah in the end i mean they're all games and as much as i can get hyped up and angry about a video game in the end i do have to remember it is a video game and there's a lot more important stuff i can be angry about
1: I mean, sure. I'll be honest, when I was playing Assassin's Creed 2, and you always go back to your home world where like, you have all those shops. every time oh, yeah. I'd be there, I would always stab one of the random civilians, because the oh, idea damn. of Ezio suddenly just stabbing random dudes. Just Ezio dude X- X- going goes, crazy and just yeah, hitting just people for no off. reason? Yeah, you just kill two people because there's no consequence and you walk off. There's something funny about the contrast of that, even Speaking though you know like, it doesn't sure
2: got a cringe alert moment. I used to wear my hoodie the way Ezio wore his half cape. Oh, man, I remember that. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. I actually learned how to pickpocket because of Assassin's Creed. Not <laughs> really oh, my God. I used to pickpocket kids in my high school for their gum and stuff, and I'd give it back John. to them in the next class. I said, where you Damn. get that? I took it out of your pocket, boy.
1: You, you stand yeah. there for like five seconds, and it's something Just holding my arm out, yeah. it's starts like,
0: ah, hey, give it
2: I like, just reach in my pocket and grab a handful of nickels and just throw it at people to distract them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it feels good to be a gangster.
0: Yeah. Dude, I love it. Yeah, dude, dude, I really feel bad for kids these days because they will never know what it's like to not have their teenage lives not be recorded, right? Yeah, because that's true. of social media and whatnot. Like I, I mentioned earlier, I work with high schoolers and it's like, man, I try to tell them all the time, be careful what you post on social media, you know, you're and it kind of sounds forever. like the same thing their parents say. And it's like, it doesn't mean shit until 10 years later, you're in a job interview and they are like, uh, what is a cyberpunk 2077 and why is it AIDS?
2: Mm. Like, yeah, they're going to post pictures. Oh. Like, why are you, why are you posting like 3d pictures of d- all over your Facebook page? Oh, that was for cyberpunk 77 for what now? It no, was a deep metaphor
0: it. at the time. It's just like, I don't think I want you working at this Wendy's.
2: Yeah, Have a good that's day. what happened to Chris Chan, actually. They found out about the shitty dog line and they didn't want to work at Wendy's. There you go. But yeah, um, going back to. Um, we were talking about dissonance in games again. I do think that's yeah, sure. that does come up, especially like when you think about older games, like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, like in Majora's Mask, the moon is literally about to fall in the world. Why are you going around playing mini games to get heart pieces? And that is something that I will say doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. If I'm going to complain about Breath of the Wild, not having a sense of urgency, why am I going to praise Majora's Mask for essentially encouraging me not to have urgency and I, you know what? It's just going to come down to I like one game more than the other, and I can't always give 100% reasonable justifications as to why. Fair enough. Majora's Mask, but, I do have a very big nostalgic spot for. And yeah. obviously I do, or else I wouldn't make a meme group and a meme page over it just yeah, on a For wind.
0: sure. For sure. And I w- to to Majora's mass defense on that point, like there's both real urgency and no urgency. That's right? true. You'd like a... Like there's the real urgency where if you literally just leave the game on pause and you go and you go get groceries and you come back, you're going to you're going to have a game over straight up. Right. There's an actual time limit urgency to the game, but there's also not actually urgency because of the fact that you can start over time as many times as you like. It's just true, whenever yeah. you desire to do it. So. There is urgency, but there's not. It just kinda depends on the context. And yeah, if you do like i am I'm gonna do all the mini games run, it's just like the world is collapsing, the moon's gonna do it. And she's like But I need to do a Honey and Darling shooting galleries. Yeah, so... I gotta do
2: three days worth of Honey and Darling shooting galleries and bomb baskets and bomb shoe bowling. So, you know, the moon's gonna fall no matter what. I gotta get Yeah, and the cool Deku pers-
0: lest we forget about the Deku Ruby game that you can totally cheese uh, by glitches. Yeah. Love
2: that. Yeah, you can definitely do that. You could theoretically do that. But you could also just play it the way it's meant to be and get mad. Yep. Or I can embrace the fact that
0: as a Deku, you are a scrub and just use scrub strats.
2: That's true. You could do that as so, well. One, so, one of the worst exactly.
1: cases, though, of like the Ludo narrative is and one of my favorite games is actually Grand Theft Auto 4. Okay,
2: that's a good one. Which-
1: yeah, that, that's a game. Like I, th- I feel like that game oh, is being yeah. lost respect. It, it's like I think we're all forgetting how freaking impressive that game was when it came out. Yeah, but dude, it was. There's, there's a cutscene near the beginning of the game that I still laugh at every time I've ever seen it. It's when you push the guy out the window at the very beginning. And Nico yells, "Damn! I said I wouldn't kill people in this country. It's
2: but it's like, I ran people. over
1: eight people on the way here." Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of uh, games that in- that were inspired by a lot of sad, depressing Eastern European things, um, another game series that I think manages ludonarrative dissonance very well is uh, the Metro series: Metro twenty thirty three, yes. Last Light, and Exodus. Because mm-hmm. in that game, you can't go mowing down every NPC you see and killing everybody on both sides of the fence, and then have, expect to get the good ending in the end. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they can't justify that Artyom goes from being a gun-toting lunatic who just shoots anybody that walks in front of him, to suddenly being the savior of the human race and the Dark Ones at the same time. It's it's a, it, I do think they handle it very well. Uh, Exodus, which I actually didn't get the bad ending for until very recently, because I'm just a tryhard and I have to get the good ending for every single yep. branching game I ever play. Um, Fair enough. The bad ending is actually harder to get than the good ending, which is very strange. That's funny. But there's one particular scene. And again, spoilers that people haven't played this three-year-old game by now. Uh, There's a scene where you have to, well, there's a stage where you have to go through this level called Taiga, which is like a forest level. And you have to go through without killing any of these pirates or marauders because they're essentially children in, in adult bodies because they grew up in an abandoned summer camp. And all they really know is childish, like almost playing pretend, but they're defending their home against, you know, bandits, against people who are trying to take advantage of them. And the game essentially warns you like, hey, don't kill these people because they're basically just children. And if you kill them, you're kind of a dick. So if you kill even one of them, you don't you don't get the good ending for that section. You get the bad ending. Mm hmm. So you have to make sure you're either knocking people out or you're just sneaking past them. Because Metro, I would I would classify Metro, if you're playing it the way the developers wanted you to play it, it is a first-person stealth game. Because you have to do a lot of stealthing or else you're getting the bad ending. But yeah, it does handle the dissonance very well where your character isn't just you know mindlessly mowing down people with a machine gun and still being praised as a hero in the end.
0: Yeah, there's that. And then I guess to complete the to, to complete the Ludo narrative dissonance bit, section, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the example that comes to mind to me is good old Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII original, I should yes. say. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to the remake. I saw, so yeah. I need to say I haven't played the remake, but I saw the narrative differences, and I'm like, damn it, Namura, quit messing with things. Just let us have the way it is supposed to. Just Whatever. let
2: us play it the way you meant to.
0: Yeah, so uh, whenever remake came out, and I heard about the bad story stuff, I bought the original Out of Spite. So Out of Spite, uh, nice <laughs> out, out of Spite. So I, I was playing through it again, and of course, like I'm on I'm on the last bit now, and I'm doing like the uh, like the final side quest before you go in and you fight Sephiroth for the final time. And it's literally like the last day on Earth. Like apop- apocalyptic music is playing while right. you're in the, the general field, and you see the meteor coming towards Earth. But the meteor's never going to hit you until you fight the final boss. So, like yeah. here I am dicking around at the golden saucer, breeding a golden chocobo, so that way I can get the knights of the round materia. And it takes me literally in real life, like you know, fifteen hours. And the meteor still hasn't annihilated in real life because yeah. it's never going to come until the story demands it. So there you go, Ludo narrative dissonance. One of uh, what a word. One of the best one of the best game design hipster phrases in existence. Mm-hmm.
2: It is, it makes you sound smart and it makes you sound like a person who is qualified to review video games on a professional level. Yeah, you got it, man. I, if so only more people at IGN
0: would use it. Oh, well, if only, if only, <laughs> So something, something about me, Majora, I don't know if you listened to the first episode of the podcast, but I actually studied game design in college. Like that was Very my nice. thing. So I heard it plenty. And I mean, like I did undergraduate and grad degree. So. Technically, I'm a master of games, and more so than Billy Mitchell. So, Ooh. yeah, I'll say it. I'll do you have your own hot it. sauce? I do not have my own hot sauce. But, well, you, you know, who, 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 needs, who, needs, who needs shitty cheater hot sauce when Tabasco exists? So, Tabasco's so, pretty damn all
2: right. No, it's all right. My right. favorite sauce of all time, it's called uh, Satsabeli. It's a Georgian sauce, not to be confused with Georgia, the, the state in the U.S. It's a Georgian, Eastern European mm sauce now just G-
0: georgia the state of russia they, they got their sort spice. of might
2: as well be uh...
0: <laughs> gotcha good as topic. long as it's
1: not sriracha then
0: sriracha's yeah. okay but it's a little overdone
1: yeah it's very overdone
0: yeah it, it's had its time it's had it's, it's, time. Had its like time. the second the second t-shirt started showing up, i was like all right guys yeah. i care.
2: think the, <laughs> the the mark of a the death of like a meme or something is if you see the t-shirt at hot topic it's it's pretty much done yeah uh,
0: back on the subject of Majora's Mask, one YouTuber I'm really excited for is actually narrow. So, Oh, yeah, Narrow. Uh, Nero, I think he's a really underrated YouTuber. I think he deserves a lot more exposure than what he gets, I even though you. he's made like the single most popular Majora's Mask video that's ever been put on YouTube, basically.
2: I don't know. Shea Ferellis just did one a little while ago. I think that one might get a little more popular. Okay, I'll have to check that
0: one out. And, I mean, of course, I'm also excluding the game theory. Oh, know, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't count
2: MatPat as anything other than... Just background noise. Yeah, but, but I mean, Anyone like... At this point, I say What's
1: what? That? Doesn't everyone at this point for... He's just Mat-Pad? that guy who
2: makes FNAF videos and Fortnite videos and yeah. I, and then takes credit for stuff that was discussed on Colossal Forums 10 years ago.
1: Uh, yep. Apparently there's people that, like, were, if you remember Defy Media, that have mentioned, like, oh, we've got beef on MatPat that we could release, but we're not. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. It's like, ooh.
2: One of the people actually yeah. on the page was... They claimed to be one of the first people to, to put forth that theory of, you know, Termina being uh, purgatory, which I, again, it's, I've publicly stated on the page, that is not a very good theory, in my opinion, because it's easily disproven. And I don't understand why people have to try to turn things. Like, it's like turning spirited away into like, it's actually an allegory for child sex slavery. Like, oh, it's gosh. Not. Why, are you, why did you have to make it about that? Totoro, yeah. Yeah, That cute movie about the flying panda, dude. No, that's actually about two girls who were raped and killed.
0: Right? No, it, has to be it, something it wasn't.
2: Up. But yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: it's kind of like the, the, the like how everything has like this theory of oh, it was all just a dream.
2: Yeah, right? and that's just that's a very lame, it's a very cop out theory to me. Like oh, you know, it turned out that this never actually happened. And but the guy who commented, he actually had screenshots to back up what he said, and he was like, yeah, me and my friends were discussing this on Colossus forums, like. Back in two thousand and like eight. And I looked mm-hmm. at it and I was like, oh damn. And Matt Pat's videos almost one to one plagiarizes even the wording of some of the things. So it's like he didn't even make that up on his own, but he took credit for it. It's just weird.
0: Yeah. It'd well, be like if I know,
2: reposted another Zelda Pages meme and just slapped my watermark on it I was like, Yeah, that's me. I, I made this up. But
0: but no one does <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. Well, Nobody
0: does that. No,
2: certainly not.
0: Not at all. Not at all. What were we talking about? Narrow. We were talking about Narrow. So, yep. so like, I like his other stuff besides the Majora's Mask video, obviously, and the fact that he's such a Chad that he's making a a texture pack for Majora's Mask. texture Masks pack's for... actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been really impressed with it myself. And, uh, you know, like, I really found myself agreeing with him on, like, the motion controls argument that he made because ultimately he had to make two videos about it because of yeah. course you do. Uh, and it's like, yeah, like I totally agree with that. Like, I, I mean like I was one of those dudes who didn't mind the waggles so much in Wii games, but that was mostly because I didn't play games where the waggle was poorly implemented. Like years later I would play like say Sonic and the secret rings. I'm like, Oh my gosh, why the hell did they make this game like this? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Or, um, soul caliber legends. Oh my gosh. What were they smoking? Like that is just horrible design, horrible design through and through. And it's like, it isn't so much the problem with the waggle. It's just this game design It's like, you shouldn't use waggle for this. Right. But like, uh, but like say Resident Evil 4, I think it used waggle pretty well, where it's just like in place of mashing, you just waggle. waggle. You do that a lot faster than tapping A, I can tell you that. That's true. And ultimately it's like, I totally agree with him where it's like, you know making an option to enhance gameplay but one that you can turn off like in say breath of the wild where you can use the gyro aiming yes like that that is hands down i think the best implementation of uh of motion controls in modern games is the fact that you can have sort of closer to like the sort of feel of mouse on screen in a console game like that's huge and what was it like Doom 2016 Switch version has motion controls it? implemented into it. It does. Oh hell yeah! But does but Doom the control? PS4 version does not. But the PS4 controller does have gyro built into it. Hey, and if you use the PS4 version on the PC, you could turn on the gyro, but you can't do it in the PS4 version.
1: That's that, that's interesting.
0: Because gyro because uh, motion controls have such a negative stigma that they just didn't even want to bother. They with didn't it. Even want and that to be personally, with them. Yeah, and personally, I don't blame them. Like, how could you, but at the same time, it's like, shit, man, this is really good. And like, I think the only legitimate art, ardu- like really the most legitimate argument of motion controls equals bad is people who have physical disabilities, right? It's like, that's really the only legitimate one that I can really say universally is like, yeah, I'll give you that one. But more right. or less everything else is like, oh, you're side-skirting another issue that isn't motion control's fault, but just really the implementation of motion control wasn't the solution to that problem.
2: Right.
1: I, I if you were going to make an argument against motion controls, I just say Tony Hawk Ride case.
0: Closed.
2: Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that was a big deal when it first came out. Shoutouts
0: to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two winning Best Sports Game of the Year at the Game Awards. One of the only legitimate awards that is not controversial.
2: Yeah, for sure. <sighs> oh my!
0: I do goodness. think it's weird yeah. that
2: Ghost of Tsushima won Player's Choice, but a, a panel that makes up ninety percent of the votes is who chose last of us two and again i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm not giving my opinion on it because that's that's a whole nother thing but i i definitely do think that ghost of tsushima was a work of love that did it did deserve a little more than it got
0: and i understand that there was a
2: lot of like meme voting where it's like dude go to this go to this poll and vote for ghost of tsushima so that last of us two loses because i hate that game it's like yeah that's kind of silly dude like why are you why are you doing that
0: I and it's kind of unavoidable when it comes to these sort of things, especially yeah. when something as controversial as Last of Us Two happens. So well, it's like it's you know, like,
2: open poll, go to Brazil. It's like no matter what you you put a poll up, people are going to find a way to abuse it. Every single poll's a goal, man. Internet historian
0: taught us something. It should he be did. that you did, and I and, and you know ultimately, I the one thing I'll say about the game awards uh, is that like when you look at like the best game award, right? Like if you look at the sales. The least selling game on that category was Hades, but that's because Hades came out like a month before the awards.
2: Yeah, Hades was actually one of the games that was recommended to me by one of the YouTubers that I do watch a lot of, um, Yahtzee Krosha from Zero Punctuation uh, on the channel The Escapists. Uh, I watch a lot of his videos, and I don't necessarily 100% agree with everything that he says. I don't just, I don't agree on a lot of his rulings on certain games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some games that he's he's gone on the video even admitting like they're not the type of games that he plays but these are the things he doesn't like about them. And obviously yeah, yeah, he does a lot of like the same thing that AVGN does where he, he hypes up a lot of aspects of the game, you know, a little to the extreme to make it sound like it's worse than it really is. I think one of the games that he toted the most as being like worth your time and playing was Hades. And that's like, for me, a very rare thing to hear him say, usually all he does is say, this game sucks. This game's ass. Don't play this game. Don't bother getting this game. This game sucks. Yeah. So for him to say this game is worth your time to play, like to me, that's like, Oh, I then this game probably is pretty good if he says it is because I've seen him review games that I actually like and he says they're ass. It's like the same thing like with Video Game Dunky like he talked about like how yeah. reviewing you watch my videos and you know the type of games I like and when you hear me say that a JRPG is good, you better know that it's good because I hate JRPGs. So, yep. It's like when a when somebody that you follow is recommending a game to you just based off the fact that they like it when they normally wouldn't like that type of like genre, it's it, it makes you want to go check it out more. And when I get some money together, I definitely do want to uh, give Hades a check uh, on the. I think it's on the Switch, right? Uh, what what was that, Hades? Yeah, is it on PS four? Is it on Switch? Or is it just it's on it's on point? Switch and, it's on Switch and Steam. Okay, it's on Switch and Steam. I'll probably just get it on Steam. Then it looks like something that'll run on my computer just fine.
0: Yeah, it it and I can tell you right now I have it on the Switch. I really enjoy it. I think it's it's actually my first roguelike that I've ever played, yeah, well, really it's rogue-like. a roguelike. But uh, I've really enjoyed it for sure. Uh, so Hades was the least selling game out of the nominees. The next lowest selling game at about 3 to 4 million was Last of Us Part 2. Wow. And really? then next after that is like 6 million Ghost of Tsushima and then like 7 million Doom Eternal. And the highest selling game that was on the nominees list was Animal Crossing with like 26
2: million. Well, yeah. Well, I think Animal Crossing is a lot more accessible to a general audience than a game like Doom Eternal, which requires you to just love having your nuts crushed in a machine.
0: For sure. And it's like, I, I, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. Like, whenever it comes to just the best game award, it's like, which is better, the apple or the potato? Like, it, <laughs> it's it's such a hard comparison. It's like, yeah. you like both for different reasons. Which one do you enjoy more? It, it really depends on the person. Like, you can't so, just
2: pick up a potato and start chewing on it like you can an apple. Like, a potato requires some preparation and getting ready for and baking it and buttering it. Where an apple, you can just pick it up and start eating it right away. Which I would, I would, yeah. I would say that... You know, uh, games like, I'm blanking out on the, the title. Uh, animal Crossing? The, the animal. Jesus, I was thinking of like uh, another <laughs> game. That came out. Yeah, Animal Crossing is very much like an apple where you can just pick it up and you can enjoy it. You don't have to prepare yourself to enjoy it. Whereas a game like Doom Eternal or Ghost of Tsushima, you have to really like be getting into this thing knowing what you're getting into. Like I wouldn't recommend Doom Eternal to somebody who doesn't like FPSs. Or who doesn't like oh, games sure. that are hard? I mean, obviously you have the easy setting, but even but even men, the easy setting is hard. Well, for game journalists, it was impossible, so it must be. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got stuck on the tutorial. <laughs>
1: It's especially like if you don't like games because they're hard. Like that's the reason you play Doom Eternal is because it's a challenge.
2: Yeah, the same thing with like Dark Souls. Like you wouldn't recommend Maybe. Dark Souls to somebody who only plays games like Animal Crossing and like Minecraft or something where they just play games to relax. Like I would not recommend Dark Souls to somebody who isn't ready to get upset.
0: Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. And Dark that's Souls. the thing, right?
1: Dark Souls is one of those few honest game trailers because honest trailers really fell off a cliff. Where yeah. It, the one for Dark Souls was hilarious, but it's like, some play games to relax, some play for fun. Others just want a game to F them till they love it.
2: Yeah, it's that's like, yeah, true. All right. Dark Souls, I think, has, has been the game series that fried out my receptors for games where I'm not having fun unless there's stakes involved. So I basically, like I said, when I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, at, the, at current time right now, and I couldn't enjoy the game unless there's stakes involved where I'm going to lose something if I don't win this fight or I'm going to have to mm-hmm. start all the way over from another safe point if I don't win this fight. So it's like Dark Souls has been the most influential series second to Zelda for me just because of how much it's changed my perception on what playing games is anymore. Like, before, Well, you're like, not
0: the only one, man. Like yeah. For how many years was every time a game was even remotely difficult? It's, it's just the like Dark oh, Souls.
2: Is crash, it's like, dude, it's just is
0: crash bandicoot
2: the dark souls of ps4 exclusives like, we'll know on two different levels it's not a ps4 exclusive and it's not dark souls
0: yeah but the memes are pretty good
2: though yeah i guess is the honda yeah. civic the dark souls of honda cars what? <laughs> is well, the pomegranate is well, the dark souls of fruit i guess and then
0: Cuphead is actually the Dark Souls of run-and-gun shooters. Da, like, oh, okay. da,
2: Cuphead is, in fact, very similar to Dark Souls in the fact that it is almost unfair, but then you feel like you didn't lose because the game was designed bad. You lost because you just weren't good enough. You got it. I that's actually well, something that when,
1: when I played Cuphead, I always felt like I died because the freaking hitboxes were so impossible. To well, tell. see, like,
2: I explained to my wife when I was first playing Dark Souls, and she asked me, like, why was I playing a game that made me upset? I was like, the thing is, is, like, I never feel like I lose a fight in Dark Souls because the game isn't letting me win, I lost because I didn't do something correctly. Except, except for Dark Souls 2, because Dark Souls 2's hitboxes is absolute bullshit. Yep. Uh, Everybody, Dark Souls that? 2
0: is the only one I've actually played. Really? Wow, so, you're missing out. Yeah, I'm a,
2: I'm a real pleb
0: on that. Well, I mean, uh, you no, know,
2: Dark Souls 2 isn't bad. It's still a Dark Souls game and it's still fun, but it is definitely the Twilight Princess of Dark Souls games. If you <laughs> catch my <them> drift. <with. laughs>
0: Wow. that's what i've heard too yeah and i mean like i totally just bought it without research i was like oh this dark souls thing is pretty you got good this, did you get scholar Station of the 4.
2: first sin or did you just get the vanilla version
0: uh scholar of the first thing because ah, so it, uh, yeah, it was a version yeah like it was one of the first games i bought on my ps4 i was like i need something to play on my ps4 i've heard dark souls is good why not give this a shot and yeah, dark
2: souls remaster wasn't out at the time that's that's true that, that was so actually kind i was of just crazy. like
0: yeah, so I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then, like, I got the regen ring, like, at the beginning yeah. of the game. And I think that ultimately ruined the experience for me. Because, like, I go- I do a bout, and then I just leave the game on for five minutes while I healed up instead of using an Estus Flask.
2: Oh, yeah, and the life gems and all that.
0: Yeah, so, like, I got to, like, the Dead Man's Wharf, and, or, like, oh, the area Dead after Man's the Wharf. Dead Man's Wharf. And I was just like...
2: That was my grind spot. What the f- is a wharf?
0: But <laughs> after that, I was just I'm I'm tired of just fighting a guy, taking a hit, and then standing around for five minutes because it's regenerating. Yeah, uh,
2: dude, man. Dark, uh, Dead Man's Wharf—that was where I—that was my my soul farm. I would go there every like every time I needed to level like an an item up or level up a stat, I would just go to uh, Dead Man's Wharf and just run the gauntlet every time. It's a well-designed level, like really, it is. Preview. Like we say we're going to leave in five minutes, and then that five minutes turns into an hour. It's called the yeah. Midwestern goodbye.
0: <laughs> I, I, I witnessed quite a bit of that. Uh,
2: do you have any closing thoughts before we closing wrap this? Uh, I do appreciate being on here. If you ever invite me on again, I'll be sure to come on and talk for a little while. It was fun talking to you guys. I hope I answered questions to the best of my ability that you know gave you the information you wanted. Dude, absolutely. It's been it's been a real pleasure having you on. I'm
0: glad that, uh, you know, one of the internet folks that I've met turned out to be a really awesome guy, for sure. Thanks. And uh, I would love to have you on again sometime, but we'll worry about that later. Uh, All right. So I'll make sure to include a link to your Facebook page on in the description of this episode. People who are listening, go and like Majora's Mask, Score. even if you don't like Majora's Mask, even if you just like Zelda, it's a good time. Uh, do you
2: want to plug something else, Majora? No, no, not gonna plug anything. Um, but I, I will put the the link to this in the on the page. I'll, I'll make it as a post. That way, we can try to get you guys a little more exposure too. All
0: right, I appreciate
2: that, man. I appreciate no that. problem at all. Yeah, all right. I
0: I've really, I really
1: appreciate this time. It's like kind of a, it's a cool change of pace. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. It's been
2: no it's problem been at all, time. man.
0: Yeah, for sure. So with that, everybody, that will conclude this episode. Uh, here is the usual feel. Uh, go on Facebook and like our Facebook page, which is Unto the Breach Podcast. And then follow us on Twitter at Unto the Podcast. Uh, you tell us what you thought of this episode, especially you Majora's Mass core fans who are coming to this episode for, or coming to our podcast for the first time. Tell us what you thought. Maybe go listen to some of our other stuff in the backlog. I'd love to hear what you think about stuff. And, you know, let's keep the conversation going. I'd really love to hear that. And, uh, yeah, with that, we'll give our usual uh, end of episode, feel in, which is basically a very stern reminder, guys, to please, please, please drink your water. <laughs>